Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 105, verses 1 through 42. O give thanks to the Lord, call on her name. Make known her deeds among the peoples. Sing to her, sing praises to her. Tell of all her wonderful works. Glory in her holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and her strength. Seek her presence continually. Remember the wonderful works she has done, her miracles and the judgments she has uttered. O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. She is the Lord our God. Her judgments are in all the earth. She is mindful of her covenant forever, of the word that she commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that she made with Abraham, her sworn promise to Isaac, which she confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When they were few in number, of little account, and strangers in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, she she allowed no one to oppress them. She rebuked kings on their account, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. When she summoned famine against the land, and broke every staff of bread, she had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. His feet were hurt with fetters, his neck was put in a collar of iron until what he had said came to pass. The word of the Lord kept testing him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to instruct his officials at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel came to Egypt. Jacob lived as an alien in the land of Ham, and the Lord made his people very fruitful and made them stronger than their foes, whose hearts he had turned to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants. She sent her servant Moses and Aaron, whom she had chosen. They performed her signs among them, and miracles in the land of Ham. She sent darkness and made the land dark. They rebelled against her words. She turned their waters into blood, and caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. She spoke, and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. She gave them hail for rain and lightning that flashed through their land. She struck their vines and fig trees and shattered the trees of their country. She spoke, and the locusts came, and the young locusts without number. They devoured all the vegetation in their land and ate up the fruit of their ground. She struck down all the firstborn in their land, the first issue of all their strength. Then she brought Israel out with silver and gold, and there was no one among their tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for dread of them had fallen upon it. She spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light by night. They asked, and she brought quails, and gave them food from heaven in abundance. She opened the rock, and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river, for she remembered her holy promise, 
and Abraham, her servant. Numbers chapter 14, verses 10 through 24. The whole congregation threatened to stone them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people despise me? And how long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the things that I have done among them? I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it. For in your might you brought up this people from among them, and they will tell the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people. For you, O Lord, are seen face to face, and your cloud stands over them, and you go in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you kill this people all at one time, then the nations who have heard about you will say, It is because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land he swore to them that he has slaughtered them in the wilderness. And now, therefore, let the power of the Lord be great in the way that you promised when you spoke, saying, The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the parents upon the children to the third and fourth generation. Forgive the iniquity of this people, according to the greatness of your steadfast love, just as you have pardoned this people from Egypt until, even until now. Then the Lord said, I do forgive, just as you have asked. Nevertheless, as I live, and as all the people, as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the people who have seen my glory and the signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and yet have tested me these ten times and not obeyed my voice, shall see the land that I swore to give to their ancestors. None of those who despise me shall see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me wholeheartedly, I will bring into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1-13 through 13. I do not want you to be a, a, unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, and they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples for us, so that we might not desire evil as they did. But do not become idolaters as some of them did. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. And do not complain, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things happened to them to serve as an example, and they were written down to instruct us, on whom the ends of the ages have come. So if you think that you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with, but with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. Lent is about looking back 
and remembering what we've done uh, and what we failed to do, uh, both the good things and the bad. Uh, in fact, it is the good things, if you'll remember earlier in the week and last week when we talked about Lent, it's the good things that we're actually asked to fast from. Uh, the bad things we're supposed to fast from all the time. Uh, but during Lent, uh, if you fast, uh, you are uh, expected to fast from things that are good, like chocolate or, I suppose, skateboarding for me. Um, the good things that we give up are, uh, are an exercise in uh, penance. Um, not only do they remind us of the good thing that we have and how good it is and the good that it does, but also losing it reminds us of what could happen um, if we stumble, as Paul talks about, to be aware that we don't fall if we think we're standing. Uh, and as yesterday, we're continuing in this long story, uh, especially with the 105th Psalm, this long story of Israel, which has a lot of stumbles and foibles and fuck-ups and snafus. Um, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this explicitly on the podcast. I'll, I'll do it today just because I noticed it was it got quite <laughs> difficult to try and keep track. But um, the Psalms uh, will typically repeat themselves for uh, a day or two or three or four. Um, and when that happens, uh, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, um, the masculine pronouns in English translations, he, him, his, um, I switch those every other day that the psalm repeats. So yesterday was the first day of Psalm 105, and I read the masculine pronouns for God in the psalm um, as, uh, as it's passed down to us in the English translation. Um, and today, the second day that the 105th is here, I've read, I tried to read, I think I missed maybe one, uh, I've switched the masculine pronouns with feminine pronouns. Uh, and then I mentioned it because numbers got tricky because Moses is speaking to God directly in the first person, which doesn't call for him, her, his, or she, her, hers. Um, uh, but Moses speaks to God using God's word and thereby use the third person pronoun, he, him, hers, or he, him, his, uh, she, her, hers. Um, and so it got complicated. I think I missed part of that in the Old Testament reading, and I think it was appropriate because it was still in the Old Testament. Um, and that's uh, one thing that I think uh, the church has done wrong, um, broadly speaking. Um, we lose sight of how many hands that these holy words have been passed down, passed down to us through. Um, and we think that if we see a masculine pronoun or, I don't know, fill in the blank, that we just take for granted that that's really what God's Word really is. I remember being stopped in a bookstore looking at Bibles, and there was a woman um, who saw me looking at, I don't know, an NIV study Bible or something. She said, you know, the King James Version is the only authorized version. And I said, oh, is that right? Um, and I thought to myself, how unfortunate that you don't get to experience how other people experience this text that she believed for whatever reason um, that the only true translation maybe she may not even think it was a translation was one that was commissioned by a king um, that you that was not incredibly 
linguistically uh, consistent with the Hebrew and, and the Greek. But that's another story. One of the things that the church has done wrong is to um, is to subordinate women to men. Um, and this is this was true and, and present in Israel as well and in the ancient Near East. Um, and uh, I, I say that because I've got a couple of master's degrees, but also um, the at face value when you read uh, something like the masculine and feminine pronoun, it bestows a bit of God into that thing, and so. Sometimes, and this did happen on a number of occasions when I was in seminary, uh, I would say something like, um, God is no more a woman than God is a man. And what I mean by that, um, or what I'm doing in that, is I'm agreeing that that is correct. God is not a woman. Um, and therefore, if that's true, that it is also true that God is not a man, is equally inaccurate if we're speaking about true God, not just how we speak about God, it's just as true um, <coughs> that, or, or that, that is because God precedes gender and sex. God doesn't have sex. Um, in fact, there's early, uh, there's a, there are patristic writings um, that have this fascinating interpretation of um, uh, male and female or accidental to creation that Procreation wasn't really something that God was interested in. Um, that the going forth and multiply comes later. Um, that Adam and Eve never have sex in the garden, so there's no example of um, sexual intercourse in, in God's perfection. But more importantly, um, Paul also elsewhere talks about stumbling blocks. And I, I can understand when civilians go on and on about um, soldiers in the Old Testament and the New Testament. They don't seem to understand the nuance and the complexity of not only the modern military, but just as a human endeavor, what we can reliably infer was true of ancient militaries. Um, the more I heard civilians talk about this, the more frustrated I got, and the more I really wanted to kind of kick the Bible to the curb. But when I took the Bible in my own hands and started studying it uh, with others and from others um, and thinking for myself using the resources I was given, I started to interpret things like Exodus um, 15 where God is called a warrior. I started thinking about what that meant and what is the Greek that was in there and, that, and the Hebrew and um, you know what what is it about warrior or being a warrior that made it appealing to this people that had just escaped oppression? Why, why would they call God this? When I thought that, I, and I still think that nonviolence is um, something that Christians are expected of. Um, I can sympathize with women who hear masculine pronouns in the Old Testament speaking about an entity for whom gender does not apply, hearing from men saying, well, we know, you know, we have to say God is a man or God is a he because X, Y, and Z. Um, or in the New Testament, we know God is a, is a, you know, is man and man is head of the household because, you know, it's God the Father. And they forget that, well, it's because Jesus had a human mother and that makes God the Father of Jesus and everything 
for us humans translates through Jesus. Anyway, so if you've been wondering, if you've been listening carefully, notice I've been using masculine and feminine pronouns for God, especially in the Psalms. Um, I thought I, I tried to in the numbers, but I didn't quite, there's too many back and forths. But if you've been noticing me doing that, that's why. Um, scripture is intended to reach us where we're at. And some people may hear feminine pronouns for God and um, not continue to listen or recommend it or give us five stars on, give me five stars on Apple iTunes, and that's fine. Um, I don't think that God comes from the healthy. I don't think that God comes for those who, for whom Scripture is not constantly formative and um, uh, uh yeah, that, that scripture doesn't um, remain alive for us and that we, uh, those for whom scripture is not something that is alive and continues to speak to us um, and beside us. Um, I'm not saying that God is a woman, but I'm also saying that God is not a man. Um, and that if that is true, then it, and it is as inaccurate to use these um, lower pronouns for an entity that transcends gender and sex, um, that that's at the very least why I do that in the hopes that people will connect with our faith and our traditions in a way that's more meaningful than um, just telling others, you know, this is the authorized version of that thing. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.